Getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I'm your host. I am joined by my sidekick, my mate, uh, Gunnar Hilsey, uh, Trevor. Uh, I'm also joined back on the show again after uh, a short hiatus is um, Scunny Mike. And uh, from his brief appearance last week, he's now on for the full show. Dale from the Posh Gooners. Um, good to see you all, guys. Um, I know we had no North London derby to talk about, which we will cover. Uh, but we're going to talk about the cup first and foremost. And um, then we'll talk about things boiling and lots of boiling bits and pieces. Trevor, how are you? I'm all right, thanks, Fred. Really good, mate. Thank you. In a good place at the moment with the football club. Yeah, looking forward to tonight, mate. Looking forward, not spoke to Scully for a while and uh, looking forward to having Dale on for the whole show. So, yeah, looking forward to it, mate. It's it's a little, little bit strange, Trevor, because we normally expect to see you having all the limelight and being always on the on on the big screen, like and for you to grace yourself uh, with your pre- your presence on this podcast, it's just it's just such an honour. I know I've lowered my levels. I've lowered my levels. Look at him, he, and and he said to me, he said to me <laughs> that he didn't know the camera was there. What do you reckon, <laughs> Trevor? Explain yourself. I was, you're a twat. I was quite innocently, <laughs> I was quite innocently talking to my friend who just happened to be near a camera and I was the one they chose to, to zoom in on when it came to the Arsenal fans. You can't wonder why they chose me to zoom in on. Come on, boys, give me some credit. Um, but that was like, it was it, Liverpool, we're going to talk about it at length, aren't we? And it was a great evening. Yes, it was a, it was a good evening. Time. Night, Scunny, maybe steel. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you could lend him one of your hats because that barnet was like it's so out of control. It was like this, wasn't it? So he looked nah, Robinson you Crusoe. Can't, you can't, you can't ruin perfection, can you, Hilsey, with a hat? There you go. Thank See, you, you can't do it. You can't do it. Cheers, Scunny. Scunny, how have you been keeping you all good? Yeah, I'm good. I think last time I was on was just after Christmas or just before. I can't remember now. Just before, I think I was it was. Yeah, it? yeah, it was just before. Yeah. yeah, I was the only one wearing a hat, if I remember rightly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you read the memo. <laughs> yeah, I read the memo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know about that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Dale, you're back on. Uh, you yeah, had a, a, a lovely uh, a lovely battle with the Northern Line, or half the Northern Line. Uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, I didn't realise the Northern Line was closed until yesterday when they turned around and said, to, uh, yeah, it's closed till mid-May for engineering works. Never mind the last year when they could have done it through COVID. They decided to do it now. So, yeah, great fun. Yeah, seven, 17 weeks, the, the the city branch is closed. So we don't want to talk. start talking about trains. You know, Trevor will start getting... Oh, God, no. you know, Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, um, there is uh, one thing that I would like to talk about, and uh, Trevor rang me very excited uh, about this, and it was the, the travelling Arsenal fans and how they drowned out um, You'll Never Walk Alone, no matter how loud they've turned the tannoy up. You will still see the Arsenal fans. I'm going to play it, and I'll have to credit Chris Wheatley because he put it on um, he put it on Twitter, and I've, I've I've used his footage. I have asked him; uh, he hasn't responded to me, but I have asked him. So here we go, Trev. You can talk us through all this. Hang on, Trev. We can't hear you over the Arsenal fans. So as you can hear, the um, the Arsenal 
the Arsenal faithful are, are, are making a huge racket and a huge, huge lot of noise. That's the last time you'll be hearing um, uh, you never walk alone on this podcast. Uh, Trev, talk about it. You try to talk in there, but the Arsenal fans were just so loud. It, might, it makes the air on the back of me. Next stand on end, Fergus. We were, Arsenal fans were that good, right? They were that good. I, well, I don't know if most people would have been to Anfield, but if you've never been to Anfield before, that, that rendition of you'll never walk alone, that's not the fans singing. They, they have that over the tannoy. And they boom it up loud and loud and loud so you can't hear anything else, right? And for the Arsenal fans to be heard up over the top of that is, is outstanding. Astonishing even to Paul. I'm so proud of the, of, of the way those Arsenal fans supported the team. Um, and when we went down to 10 men, you know, it got even bloody louder because you, you could see, you could feel, right? You could, Joe Tester's watching this, and I know she was at the game, but when we went down to 10 men, right, you could feel that the players were going to dig in. You just knew that we weren't going to capitulate as, as, as people would have been expected us to. I don't know why I felt it. I just felt it. We were just so good. The fans and the players battled. And for us to come out of that game with a draw, I, I'm, I'm shaking with it now, mate. We've, it, we were just, I love my great club. You know, and we were just amazing. And at the end of the game, half the Arsenal players fell on the grass and couldn't move. They'd given everything. They'd left nothing. Absolutely they nothing. Had, so proud had. of our club. Dale, so we're looking at the first leg of the Liverpool versus Arsenal game last Thursday in Anfield. The starting lineup was Ramsdale and Gold, Cedric White, Gabriel, Tierney, Lokonga, Shaka, Saka, Lacazette, Martinelli, and Eddie Nketiah. Um, what did you what did you think of the lineup? What did you think? What, what were your hopes and expectations going into the game? Um, truth be told, I mean, we touched on it last week. Um, we were saying, as I mean, if I think everybody agreed, if, as long as we were still in the game um, come this week, um, if you'd have said uh, after 20 minutes we'd be down to 10 men, um, then I'm sure everybody would have taken a 1-0 there and then because that's what Liverpool do to people, especially at Anfield. Um, just to touch on what Trev said there, the fans, um, it was when we went down to 10 men, they were louder. I think that was the difference. Um, they needed, the, the players needed it. You could see at times they were getting their heads down. I think that the, the, to touch on your original question, sorry, I think that sometimes the the lineup and the tactics kind of go out the window at that point when Jackie gets sent off, which I can see why it's a red card, although he's a bit harsh for once. He is actually looking at the ball and there was no malice there from what you could see. Um, and I had to touch on it as well after the game. He said the fans were absolutely incredible um, and he, he's called for the same atmosphere at home on Thursday. So, I mean, as far as the selection goes, it's not much you could really do about it with the team we had available, right? That is true. And and I think Arteta will get his wish on Thursday. People didn't have their, their football fix last Sunday. So I think there's going to be an awful lot of people making full day of it and getting down to London early, a few beers and sore heads on Friday. Like, there he is. <laughs> there he is. Uh, so, Scunny, let's talk about Shaka, 50 pence head, as you like to call him. And let's talk about Shaka. No, that was this... uh, Lichsteiner. Listiner, okay, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I know yeah. you've got you've got. That's a few. That's for, a few oh. years ago. That mate. That <laughs> uh, let's talk about this red card. So, uh, for myself, when I saw it first, I thought it was a little bit harsh. Uh, and then Merson is saying on Sky Sports uh, that he could see where Jota was, and he was keeping an eye on Jota. What What did you make of it? Did you think it was a red? Did you think? Uh, do you think he should have gone? Uh, first of all, I didn't. I didn't think it was a red at all. Like uh, Dale was just saying there, he was keeping an eye on the ball. He went, didn't really. You probably could argue that he saw Jota at the corner of his eye or something, but I didn't feel like he knew exactly where he was. But having looked at it, looked at it a couple of times, I can see why it was given as a red. Um, it could have gone either way, in fairness. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think a red would. I think a red did suffice on that one, to be honest with you. Like I say, at first, first when I first saw it in the game, I think I was just getting in the atmosphere of the game, hearing the Arsenal fans on the TV and everything else. I didn't want it to be a red. You know, it's a hard game going away at Liverpool. But, you know, when the dust has settled and when you've watched it over a couple of times over, it is, yeah, you can, you can, like I say, it could be given either way and it ended up being a red. Mm. So. Mm. Trev, the first 10-15 minutes of that game, it looked like we were we we gave it all. We chucked the kitchen sink at Liverpool. They, they weathered the storm a bit. And then just before that red, Liverpool started to turn on the pressure. And then when that red card came, I thought, we're done for, didn't you? 
Uh, well, look, we'll go back because Cedric went off early. Cedric went off after 11, 10 or 11 minutes and Chambers come on. And with the greatest respect to Cedric, I thought that it strengthened our defence, Chambers coming on. I thought that when you're looking for a player that's going to be up for the fight and up for the battle and and and, and not let the side down, um, I'm not knocking Suarez here, but I just trust Chambers to do that. He, he will play with his heart on his sleeve. Um, when when Xhaka got sent off, I thought I I thought if I'm honest, I thought in the crowd it was a, a, an absolute red card, and I, I, I thought it was a red card. But then when I watched it back a bit I th later, I thought I thought to myself, hey, maybe he was a bit unlucky, and what's got it, it could have gone either way that decision. And as the fact that it's Xhaka tipped the ref towards the red instead of the yellow. Because, you know, they're, they're human beings, referees, and that can happen. So, you mm -hmm. know, I, 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 at the time, I thought that's a red and I hated Xhaka. After the game, when I watched it back, um, I didn't hate him. I don't hate anybody, me. And uh, I was I was upset that he got sent off to a certain extent. I think it might be very patient. After he got sent off, though, Fergus, my head was saying we we could well get beaten quite badly here now. But mm. it only took about five minutes after the sending off. It only took about five minutes of watching the Arsenal. And I thought to myself, we ain't giving this up. If we lose this 1-0, it won't be any more than 1-0. We ain't giving this up. You could, I could tell straight away. The crowd went up a couple of decibels at the Arsenal end. The Liverpool fans are really quiet anyway. Um... And the players, you could see them lift themselves on the field and thinking, we ain't giving this up. No way are we giving this up. And um, that was it. So, I, I, as we were, the further we got into the second half, the more my confidence grew that we were going to hold out. You know, we needed a bit of luck, got a bit of luck, didn't we? Min, mini, mini me, or whatever his name is, blazed an easy chance over the bar. Um, but Minimino. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll do. <laughs> Cheers, Mike. I'm, I'm over the moon with it. I'm over the moon with the whole night. The whole day and the whole night. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Trev, in, in fairness. And when you were saying about, you know, like Arsenal, you know, season's gone past, we probably would have been looking at that game and thinking, damn, we're down to 10 men. This ain't going to end well, you know, because we fold. We, we, you know, we have been known to fold quite easily when it comes onto that, that amount of pressure, especially with 10 men. But, you know, come of the hour, come of the man and... Uh, the yeah. team and everything else, they just they went for it, you know, they fought hard and you know, and like we were saying earlier so, on, and like Trev was saying, you know, you could tell at the end of the end of the match the players just dropped to the so, grass. So Scotty, you just you just used the phrase uh, the phrase come at the hour, come at the man. Uh did the man, as in Mikel Arteta, have his best um tactical performance as a manager for Arsenal Football Club on that night? Oh, I don't know now. Uh, I don't know because I was really, really impressed with how we played against City. I know we lost, but I was really impressed with the tactical side of how we were against City and how much they had to fight against us. But yeah, I'd say it's definitely up there as one of his best tactical yeah. as a manager. As manager, hundred uh, percent, I'd probably go up there and say that's definitely one of his best moments of a game and being tactical side of it, making the right changes at the right time with Cedric coming off and putting Chambers on, uh, taking Enketir off when Xhaka got his red card and bring, I think, who was it who came on? Holding, uh, holding. Holding, that's holding. right. Yeah, it was. It was holding and bringing holding on, you know, to shore up that line a bit more. It made sense and it worked. You know, we weren't going to go out there. We weren't going to go out there with ten men thinking we could probably beat these guys. But you know, there was times in that game where we were thinking, "Bloody hell, we could nick a goal here." Ferg, let's just linger on Scunny for a second because Scunny made okay. Scunny made a really, really good point there, and uh, I see a couple of people in the chat picked up on it. There, there's a, there's a, there is a comparison to be made to the Manchester City game when it comes to tactics. The tactics for, for Liverpool, I mean, Arteta did really well. We, he, he shored up the defence, yeah. But against City, he planned the whole game out and we were on top from the start. And when City beat Chelsea at the weekend, all the pundits on the television were saying our Man City were light years above everyone else and they're going to charge away and win the title and they're the best team possibly in the world now. 
And that's all true. All those points are true. But what they'd forgotten was that two weeks previously, they were bloody lucky to beat the Arsenal. They needed the help of the referee to beat the Arsenal. So, yeah, they're a crack inside, but you can take a comparison on Arsenal's level from that. We are really improving. Skillful side, proved that against City. We were we were probably for 50 or 60% of the game just as skillful, if not more skillful than them. Actually playing physically and not bottling it and playing to play out a game against Liverpool, we showed that side as well. Be excited. Be excited. You know, we'll probably get beaten by... Bradford Park Avenue next week. But, you know, at the moment, <laughs> be excited. Dale, what were your thoughts on, on Arteta's performance? Is it is it the best? Or was the City the best one, as Mike and some of the people in the chat are saying? Yeah, I, I personally think, I've just seen, um, I think it was a comment by Joanne, um, saying that she thought the, the City game was marginally, marginally better, but his um, substitutions were spot on. Um, I think the substitutions were quick and they weren't necessarily what he wanted to do. And it's the first time we've really seen him have to think on his feet that quick. Um, I, the reason I think the City game was marginally better is because my question here would be, I'll, I'll counter your question with another question and say, if we're away at City with that, with that starting eleven versus City with a few out, um, do, we go, do we still go ahead and draw that game nil-nil? I don't think so. Um, I think um, it goes to show how toothless Liverpool were. I mean, not because um, that, that it was all their fault, but I think we defended incredibly well. Um, to touch on what everybody said here, I think every single player out there left everything on the pitch. Um, no mm. one could walk by the end of it. I mean, you could see Lacazette throughout the, the game was a frustrated figure having to track back so deep, but he led by example, which I, I like to see. And that's uh, something that I think Arteta's got um, right. I think Lacazette hasn't always been at his best. We touched on him last week. Um, but I think the captaincy has given him that hunger again. Um, so it was, yeah, I think it, it's it's up there. I think it's 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 up there when it comes to his his best performances. But I still think for me, the first half of City marginally takes it. Trev, um, with sorry, can Mane... I just make a sorry, Fergus? Can I just make a quick Go point? On. But what Joanne said there, he said, yeah, City did. You know, we control the game over the park, and Liverpool. When you say about tactics and the way we did it there, that's probably our best defensive display we've seen with Arteta in charge. For hundred percent, so yeah, I'd actually go that, towards that point there. What Joanne said and what they were saying there as well. For, for me, I just thought it would be it probably was because we're in there with a, a mission to take take the game back to the Emirates and still be in the game, even if it was a one 0 loss. If Minamino had scored that goal, as much as I would have been gutted, um, I still think we'd uh, been in in some control of the game, having it back at our place and just uh, been one goal. Now that we've got it nil nil, taking it back to our place with the crowd that are going to be rampant and up for it. I think I think it's going to be really good. Trev, uh, they won't have Mane and Salah still. Um, are <coughs> Liverpool a shadow of them? A shadow of themselves is probably a bit strong um, uh, without those two players. Of course, they're, they're weak. Of course, they are. They're much much weaker without their them. Them two players score most of their goals. You know, and scoring goals wins games, Fergus. So yeah, of course they're um, they're weaker, and they're there to be taken. You know, they're going to have great support at Arsenal. They've got five thousand. Odd fans coming to Arsenal on Thursday night. By the way, those fans have only paid a tenner. Those Liverpool fans. Credit to Arsenal. We had to pay 28 quid to go to Liverpool last week. And they're charging Middlesbrough fans 45 quid in the cup to go to Anfield. So it's a bit embarrassing on Liverpool, that. But we won't dwell on it. Mate, we were, we, we've got a massive, massive chance of getting to a Wembley final. You know, and it will do, do our club the world of good to get to Wembley and have a day out. Um so, yeah, you know, it all depends. We don't know really who we've got in and out at the moment. Do we? we don't know who's injured and who's fit. And so it, it really does depend on, on who's available. You would hope that uh, we can put a, a strongish side out. But regardless, you've got to fancy our chances against Liverpool without Mane and Salah. I know they won at, at the weekend without Mane and Salah, but Cup, cup semi-finals away... Different gravy against against fifty five thousand raging Arsenal fans, and that stadium is going to be right up on Thursday, right yeah. up. I'm going to be in London at two o'clock. I'm going to be legless by the time kickoff comes down. Screaming <laughs> me head off, you know. So, um, you yeah, better be polite. I'm I'm bringing my grandson, so like you have to be a good lad. It's for his birthday as well, so he's going to be thirteen. Hang on a minute. It. Hang on a minute. Who said I was meeting you? <laughs> You're being very assuming there, Vegas. <laughs> 
to uh, to touch on what Trev said as well about Marnie and Salah, you know them them two players give them their their cutting edge, and without them two, they are you know they 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 will be missing them massively at the moment in time, especially against big teams who know can defend well, and uh, teams that are going to be well up for it. And with it being a cup semi final as well, it, it it's a whole different kettle of fish. Trev, could we have party back? Uh, um, I think Ghana aren't going through on the Afghan. Uh, could we have them back? And and the other question uh, that I, I, I've seen in the press is this. There's a chance that the Liverpool game, let me just take that banner down. There's a chance that the Liverpool game uh, could be called off on Thursday. Um, what's your thoughts uh, on party and the chance of the game getting called off? Fergus, take that rubbish off our screen. Take that rubbish off our screen. Specu- speculative press rubbish. They're looking, they're fishing for a reaction from Arsenal fans once again. Take no notice of that. If, if the game's going to be called off, it'll come from Arsenal first. And, and we haven't heard anything, so the game's on. As for party, I'd love him to be back for Thursday. Love him. But he wouldn't be any more than on the bench. He'd start on the bench, wouldn't he? The, the poor bloke's been on the other side of the world playing football. So I'd love to see Thomas party because there's no doubt that Thomas party has been playing his best football for us the last few games. No one can argue that. Um, so, of course, we want party back. But uh, if we don't come back, then I think we've got enough. I really think we've got enough to get ourselves to a Wembley final. Oh, please. So, um, Dale, um, and then I got to Mike. The North London derby was cancelled um, because uh, there was a COVID case and injuries and AFCON and so on. Uh, whether you agree or disagree with the um, the process, it is the process. Um, why are the media losing their bloody heads over this? It's a very good question, and uh, I made I made a note actually um, when I looked at it. So the, the two that were kicking off mainly were I see a lot of Tottenham fans. I, I was I was quite drunk on salty tears actually on Sunday. It was quite funny. Um, when you look at, um, I think a lot of it's the, I was the media bias. Uh, sorry, go on. I was busy boiling piss, so I'm actually drinking salt. I'm drinking tears right here, and it is a bit. It's definitely a bit salty. <laughs> I think we've all enjoyed some of it over the last few weeks. But um, watching Twitter go into meltdown, and I think the the frustrating point for me was the likes of Carragher and Neville jumping on the bandwagon. I mean, we were the the, the what the twentieth game postponed. There was nineteen games before us, not one single mention of that. And just a couple to mention: Spurs, Brighton, twelfth of December postponed. Spurs, Leicester, sixteenth of December. December postponed. Man United, Brentford postponed. Man United, Brighton postponed. Again, not, not a single soul said a word about these because it was all part of the the, the precedent the Premier League has set. And I think that that there is the key thing. So there, it, the pre, the Premier League have set this precedent. Um, somebody said to, today, actually, I think it was uh, uh, them down the lane. Their, their manager who's not going to be there for very long. Um, he was saying um, it's the first time in his professional career he's known games called off through injury. I agree. I don't agree. I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, however, they, at the start of the season, when they started postponing these games, they they set a precedent. They can't sit there and say one team can do it and another can't. Um, but the media bias is baffling, to be truth be told. I don't get where it comes from. There's, there just seems to be this anti-Arsenal agenda, and people always say there there isn't one, but there clearly is because we're not seeing this backlash from any other team. Well, Burnley, yeah, I, I, Burnley, Watford got cancelled. Hang on, one second. Yeah. Uh, uh, my uh, Burnley uh, got cancelled uh, yesterday as well. You had Burnley Villa cancelled two hours before kickoff, and nothing was said about all those Burnley fans. There was one guy who did have a, a bit of um, speak, a bit of reason and common sense. I don't know if this will stay in the in the podcast because knowing the way some of these things are lifted out of YouTube, but it was Micka Richards. Let's see how much we can get in uh, off what he's saying. I agree. I think with, with, with Arsenal, remember the, the first game of the season at Brentford, no Lacazette, no Aubameyang. I know his form's not been great this season, but at the start of the season, you expect him to, to bang in goals. And I just feel like when it, when it's Arsenal, everyone wants to, to lump in for, for, for some reason. Arsenal have been in, in, in great form and by, by the rules, they've done nothing wrong. Like the, the lads have said here, the clarity... Um, and, and they're playing by what they're perceived. They don't have enough first-team players. So I don't. I understand other people being frustrated, but in my opinion, they've done nothing wrong. And let, let's be honest, other clubs would do the same thing as well. You know, this is this is not a, a, an Arsenal thing. People say it's 
you know, the, the way they've handled it, it could have been better. Yes, of, of course. I, I think in terms of in, integrity of, of the game, but if you know that you've not got senior players fit, every every team in in the play in, in the Premier League would look after themselves. And if if they say that they wouldn't, then then, then they're lying. Mike. <laughs> Well, yeah, they've already done that, haven't they? Let's face it, you know, a lot of these teams have already done exactly what Arsenal have done. You know, Liverpool on our first, we, you know, on our first game when we was meant to be playing away at Liverpool, had it uh, was it 12 false negatives on COVID testing. Yeah. So, you know, there's that nothing was said about that. Nothing really in the media. You know, I didn't hear Jamie Carragher or any other of these pundits, especially Gary Neville say any they never said anything about it. You know, there was nothing said against Tottenham when they cancelled their Wren game. Even though a lot of the fans from Wren, or the Wren's fans, come across over, they yeah, they had to find out as soon as they basically got to the stadium that it wasn't cancelled. Nothing was said. And I just think, I think it's an absolute joke. And I think they should be an absolute shame to themselves, to be honest. And the fact that there was one game tonight being cancelled uh, with Burnley-Watford and nothing's been said. And I think, I honestly do think they should stand up and apologise, if I'm being honest, because they've set an absolute massacre, well, I say massacre, an absolute thing, on uh, absolute craziness on Twitter. And I find it pretty funny, and I think a lot of Arsenal fans out there are actually finding it funny now, how many salty fans there really is at the minute and against Arsenal. And I have seen it a lot, and I'm, I've been laughing at Twitter and the way it's kicked off and everything else. I just cannot believe it. And I've never seen it in such a long time since, you know, you had the salty fans back in when we were the Invincibles. And I think that was the last time I've seen other fans go absolutely crazy at the Arsenal. And now it's just come to light now over this. And it's actually hilarious to look at and watch and see it pan out. You can't make it up. And the fact that they're not saying anything, they do need to stand up and apologise as well for their actions. And... Yeah, it wasn't. Sorry, I did see the full interview on that, and it was Alan Smith as well. Uh, he come on not long after Mika Richards, and he was pretty much saying exactly the same to uh, same as Mika Richards there. So big up the smudge as well. You know, he deserves it. And if anybody wants to join us, I can see that um, Dale's having a, a few technical issues. He might be back with us now. But if you want to call the show, uh, click on gunsandyellowribbons.com and click join the show. I'll go to gunsandyellowribbons.com. Uh, slash show Trevor um, <laughs> I could see you giggling away throughout the whole thing Graham Soonis was just he, he was boiling some piss as well wasn't he so <laughs> look, look right it's just we're Arsenal right we're, we're a special football club and we have been since 1886 we've been a special football club I enjoy it Ferg Mike I enjoy this it, yeah. it, because I know for a fact the only people, the only reason these people are picking on the Arsenal is not because of what we've done. We've got a game cancelled, like most other clubs have. We just, we just Arsenal, and they look for chinks to have a go at for no reason. Um, and you know, you look at Soundness. He was at Tottenham and got rejected, and he's been bitter since we won there in '89. You know, Carragher. He played for Liverpool when we were just wiping the floor with them every season and winning everything while they won nothing. Neville. Mm. He'll always have the ump with the Arsenal because Vieira threatened to punch his lights out if he went anywhere near Jose Antonio Reyes. So never will <laughs> always have the ump. As for O'Hara, I, should, I, I will never, ever mention O'Hara. I've been all over him on Twitter this week, right? Because he's a very naughty boy, O'Hara, because he, he really dishes out the banter. Then he cries that he's the victim when he gets a load back. He stirred the Arsenal fans up. He stirred up a massive, massive Arsenal fan base. Jamie O'Hara, and when he got a load back, when he got a load back, he started going down roads that he shouldn't have gone. As uh, and, and and he was a very, he's a very very naughty boy, but he hasn't got enough brain cells between his ears to realise what a clown and a naughty boy is. So I'm not mentioning O'Hara anymore. I'm not giving him the time. Can I just make a point on O'Hara quick, Trevor? While you're on it, because I I was talking to you about this actually. O'Hara played less games for Tottenham. Than Danny Ceballos did at Arsenal on loan when he was at Arsenal on loan. That's how good lovely he was. Yeah, that's how good obviously he was, and that's how much Tottenham yeah. thought of him. So even they thought he was shite. You see, so I don't know why he's sticking up for him, but at the end of the day, the guy's a clown. He's trying to stay relevant in something that is not relevant in anymore. No one liked him as a footballer. He was crap 
He should just we, go back into the shadows and just forget about football because football's forgotten about him. That was my tweet the other day that, that I put up, that Pat has put up there. But, you know, you're right, Mike. You're right. I mean, we could sit here and we could pick O'Hara to pieces from so many different angles, not just his football, other things that we all know about. I'm not going to stoop as low as he would, and I'm not going to do it. But what he was doing, right, to finish it off, really, is, is he was using his massive social media following to bully the Arsenal, right? But what he didn't realise was people like us with a tiny little social media following all banded together and all get back at him. And suddenly, at a click of a finger, he's having a meltdown. You know, he's being, he's, he's being bullied and he's, he's, he's mental health suffering. The man, the man is, is, is disgraceful, disgusting, should never be employed in the media and really um, shouldn't, shouldn't mention Trev, him anymore. Richard, you mentioned Richards. What a man, Micka Richards, eh? Yes, stood up to everybody, stood up to everybody. And right, are you going to argue with him? He's a big lump. He's a big lump. The the, the funny story that Trevor was telling me, I was chatting to him. Um, we tried, we we, we tried to get uh, have a a five or ten minutes with um, with Super Kevin Campbell on the show today, but uh, he's been busy with work. But he was planning, Trevor, we we was planning to be pitch side at um. Thank you. Now, should we leave, leave yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. D- Dale, Dale, what was your thoughts on uh, um, Laura Wood's favourite nemesis, uh, Jamie O'Hara? Uh, I just think personally, he's. Let's look. Right, they both they're both on Talksport, right? I'd just love to hear Talksport's take on the way he is on social media. Um, because when you're employed by somebody um, and it's uh, in the public eye as what talks for is, surely they, they wouldn't want that over. Because, of course, they're allowed an opinion. I get that. But they can't be as biased and as as cutthroat as what he tries to be. Um, yeah, again, we, we, all, we all listen to him uh, him and Laura Woods on TalkSport. To be honest, I don't really want to give him the time of day. I mean, he's, he's had his time on social media and talking about it provokes a reaction like this it means we're talking about him it's not kind of uh it's not relevant he, he's trying to stay relevant in in a period where he's never been relevant um i think was he ever relevant up, as a footballer exactly that he tries to be i think what I, sums up is there was a tweet which i saw which was superb i don't know if you've come across it it said um so he said oh what's the point of having the under 23s and the under 18s and someone said well once upon a time arsenal had uh, somebody by the name of jamie ahari he wasn't good enough so they replaced him with Cesc Fabregas. And I yes. thought that was absolutely I did possible. see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did see that. I did see that. Um, yeah. Listen, he's Villa Ricky's finest. Villa Ricky's finest. I won't have said bad about him. That, that's his level. You know, <laughs> so I didn't realise the stat that Danny Ceballos had played more more games than yeah. uh, Jamie O'Hara. Great. In his year and a half loan <laughs> at Arsenal. In his year and a half loan at Arsenal, he played more games than Jamie O'Hara did for Tottenham. Fantastic, fantastic. In his, and um, I think he was there for what five, six, seven years. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. And then he was there, at Wolves, he was at Wolves for a bit and Hull, I think, and a few other teams like that. Listen, yeah. what are we thinking about Thursday night then? Um, who do we have in the uh, the middle of the park? Uh, you know, what, what players are available? Dale, I'll start with you. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's, there's there's various options, but to be honest, truth be told, when you look at the starting lineup we had against Liverpool, uh, with, with the with the, the crowd being behind them, I don't see why there'd be much change needed. Uh, if I'm honest, I mean, Odegaard should be back. Um, I'm not sure on the status of Smith Rowe. Is there any update on him that we know of? Or I've not read anything yet. No, but no, he, it was only a slight calf. It was a calf injury, wasn't it? And it was only slight, yeah. so he probably would have been available. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, the silence is a little bit worrying because normally they would have said it by now he's available for Thursday. But bringing Odegaard back into the mix as well, I think, puts us in a strong position. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think there's been a lot of media attention around kind of the game being called off, just touching back on that briefly and us allowing to get people out the door, um, loans and recall people back. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some of those guys who come back off loan recently um, as, as he's from Portsmouth. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw people like that on the bench. Um, because obviously we've, uh, we're, we're a little bit short on numbers still. But yeah, I mean, I'd probably go with a similar lineup. Um, Chambers, I thought, probably should have started um, the first game. I think that will be a change that 
Arteta will make. But I think it's going to be an exciting game because it's one where both teams will probably fancy. But I think having the the, the, the home advantage, um, the game's there for the taking. As, as Trev said, we, we, we deserve a Wembley final, right? Uh, yeah, it'd be fantastic. It'd be absolutely fantastic. Uh, Trevor, um, according to Pat and what I had read, there's no new COVID cases, returning players from short-term injury. Uh, it, it should. And uh, Charlie Watts is saying ESR and Tommy, uh, Saka and Chambers could all be available. What's 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 your thoughts on the game? We'll go for a score prediction as well, 4-0. Here we go. <laughs> well, no, um... There's, I've been watching the uh, the Arsenal website and, and app avidly today, thinking, are we going to get a news update on on the latest injury and, and latest injury status? And we've heard absolutely nothing. So, read into that what you will. Um, who's going to be back and who's not? He's playing his cards very close to his chest. Is Arteta the one that's interested me? And I'll ch- I'll chuck this out there. It'd be interesting to get all you boys' thoughts. He's called um, Torres John John Jules, isn't he? Back from his loan spell, you know. Is it? Uh, is it? Yeah, he's he's, re, he's recalled Torres John Jules back from his loan spell at Blackpool, um, and he's he's a young forward, twenty year old forward who's, who's been banging in goals as a younger Arsenal forward. Is this an indicator that maybe he's losing a bit of patience with with Eddie and Lackett? Lacker's goal scoring, nothing else. Lacker's goal scoring. And he's thinking, well, I can't do any worse than, than pull this bloke back from loan and stick him in the squad, maybe. Might play him up front as a bit of a different perspective on the game. So, Mike, the, the answer to your question, Ferg, is, is we can't really answer it because there's been absolutely nothing coming out of Arsenal Football Club about our players and the injuries. The thing you said there about John Jules, to be honest, why loan out Balogun then? And we'll go into we'll go into the transfer window shortly. But uh, Balogun was closer to the first team than John Jules is. So if he was getting fed up with with Eddie, I would have, I would have run him out for a bit. Folk, that's a simple one to answer, son. You've seen you've seen Balogun play this year as much as I have. Twice, he's not yeah, been twice, yeah. He's not been anywhere near it. Every time he's had a chance, he's not been anywhere near. And and from the form I've seen. I don't think that Arteta could play Balogun again. The right thing to do is to send him out on loan. You know, he's not looked anywhere near in any of the games he's played as, as Balogun, mate. Mm. Um, Scunny, your thoughts on the game? What, what are you expecting? Hoping, of course, I'm for the... a victory. Yeah, I'm hope, obviously hoping for a victory, but I'm pretty much in the same mind in what is what Trev is there as well. You know, we haven't heard anything. I don't think we will hear, hear anything until the lineup's been announced. Um, Arteta will be keeping things close to his chest and I think by rightly he will uh, just because he'll end up in even more scrutiny from pundits if he starts dishing out who's going to be fit and ready for the for the game um, and I think they're going to try and avoid that um, with loaning out like you say about Balogun and John Jules I think it makes sense bringing John Jules back because he's had a lot more experience out on loan you know I think he's been out on loan for the past three maybe four seasons so um, and Balogun just wasn't hitting the mark. I think, and Eddie and Ketty, uh, I don't think he hits the mark either. You know, you can see him with his shoulders down a lot of the time. And I think in the game against Liverpool, he wasn't really pulling up trees. But I think it was, I think that's it could be down the reason why he got, obviously got subbed was because Xhaka got a red card. So uh, having that extra option with John Jules coming back, I think it just helps out. You know, numbers more than anything else. I think to touch on that as well, if I may, um, Eddie's had chance after chance after chance. He seems to do it in the League Cup, um, but he's uh, this. It's been noted several times. There has been numerous contract offers on the table. He doesn't mm. want to take them. My question there would be: Why would we play Eddie? Why would why would we not give anybody else a chance when he's quite I think, clear yeah. he's looking to make a move out of the club in the summer? I think that's the thing in it, and I think the problem is at the minute is we've got no choice but to play Eddie in a lot of these games so far because with Aubameyang being pretty much phased out, and you've only got really Lacazette, we've got no choice other than to play Eddie because Balogun wasn't really hitting it, and I think this is another reason why we've brought John Jules back because it's a case of well we need someone, so why not have a player that wants to play for Arsenal who's been out on loan, gained a lot of experience in the lower leagues? It just makes sense. John Jules, 12 appearances for Blackpool this season, zero goals. So maybe he wasn't... Saving them for the Arsenal. (laughs) 
Uh, to be honest, I, th- I think this, it's all cultural change within the within the the, the club. Anyway, stemming from Arteta's sort of uh, model, he's brought Aziz back as well. So I think I think there's there's um, we're going to pepper it with a, a few uh, maybe uh, signings. What we're hoping and some other youth and academy players. Looking at the transfer window, we've had nobody come in. We've had, a, as you mentioned, a couple of returning uh, academy players, but we've let we've already got rid of five. Maitland Niles has gone to Roma on loan, Balogun to Borough on loan, Kalasnias, uh, his contract was terminated by uh, mutual consent and he's gone to Marseille. And then there's two you know lower uh, pecking order players. Harry Clark has gone to Hibs on loan. And Lev is released after nine years and not one game for Arsenal football. Yeah. How can you be nine years and not even get a game? Ilyev, sorry. Uh, Trev, well, are you are you concerned about how many are going out and still no incomings? No, not at all. I'm, I'm trusting Arteta. He knows what he's doing, in my view, and I'm trusting what he's doing. There'll be, there'll be stuff in the pipeline. He'll have a long-term plan. So... I've got absolutely no worries at all about what he's doing. All the ones he's loaned out have either not quite hit the floor running when they've had a chance or have not had a chance yet and need to beef up. So I absolutely no problem at all with it, mate. Um, I'm excited about what team we can put out, actually. You know, you look at what we've got left and if it's fit, I, I think that we could put a back four, Ramsdale in goal, in my view, and we could put a back four out in front of him or even a back five out in front of him, and pick pick that four from seven or eight, and we're going to be strong enough. We're going to be strong enough for most games. So I'm very happy with that. We all know the view about the midfield. We've got you know we've got four four really good midfielders, and and then we've got we've got the the, the front the, the striker. You know we all know. I'm not going to linger on it because we all know the striking position worries me. But what we've got to play beside. And just behind any striker that comes in, excites me greatly. And and I'll say it again, if I was a striker now looking for a move, I would look at Arsenal and I would look at Martinelli and I'd look at uh, Smith Rowe and I'd look at Saka, right? And and I'd think, wow. And Odegaard, and I'd think, I fancy playing for the Arsenal, me. I fancy playing for the Arsenal because with that four players playing around me, I've got to score goals. I've got to score goals, you know. So hopefully we'll bring in that good striker. And don't forget, at the end of the day, I think the back, the back, we're that good at the back at the moment. And I really do think we're that good when we want when we play. There's no reason what I'd like to see Ben White move forward if we need him. He could easily play in midfield. His ball control the with the ball at his feet is amazing. He's brilliant. And he's got time on the ball. So you know, yeah, Fergus, if they need to go out on loan, trust trust Arteta, let them go. What we've got is the best we've got, mate. Mm, Dale, are you concerned uh, about uh, uh, not enough incomings coming in yet? And then also you look at um, Aubameyang has been coming back from the African Cup of Nations. Apparently he had a heart problem for, um, uh, who does he play for? Gabon. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, then he apparently hasn't got a problem when he's uh, when our doctors have looked at him. So, yeah. w- w- what's, your, what's your thoughts on, on the transfer window and then Bamiang as well? Did you mention Mari when you mentioned those names there? Because Mari, Mari hasn't. Like... That's not done yet. That, that's why I haven't put him on the list. But yeah, Mari's going to. Yeah. Uh, he's going over to. Yeah, Udinese. Yeah, so it looks like Mari might be going out as well. There's also a lot of rumours about Elneny. Um, so these are all players. Which, to be honest, I mean. I think we've been calling for years now to not accept mediocrity and, and get rid of these type of players. So I'm, I'm glad to see them going. Um, nothing against them individually, but with the Arsenal, we should be high, uh, we should be aiming bigger and better. So it's nice to see these players moving on. Um, in the short term, uh, there's a lot of rumours around. It's, it's silly season. Isn't it? We always know we're linked with everybody. Um, this striker we're linked with, excuse the pronunciation, Vlavic, he doesn't seem like he wants to come in. He's waiting for a bigger offer in the summer. If that's the case, move on. I don't want a player who doesn't want to play for us. Um, there's players out there who look to be on the move, which we could um, really take advantage of, in my opinion. The, the young lad, Basuma at Brighton, I think he, well, he, he is a gooner. I mentioned him last week. He's on the move and linked with Villa. Um, I, uh, it baffles me why we don't go for him. He's a player that Edu has, has scouted in the past. Um, 
But I genuinely believe that we're only a couple of players short of contending for the for the title. Um, a striker, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, uh, a central midfielder. Uh, other than that, we're, we're talking back like backup players, really. Uh, someone else to cover a right back. Um, we've got the left-sided cover. We've got the central defence covered with Saliba coming back. Um, that's an interesting one as well with Saliba and Gwendouzi. Um I'm not sure how that's so. affected with their uh, transfer ban. They've been hit with a two-year ban, I think it is. How does that apparently? Apparently, um, they can't sign Gwendouzi with the because uh, there wasn't a deal agreed. There was a there's an option to buy, but there there's no obligation to buy, so they wouldn't be able to do that. But reading again on Twitter, Twitter obviously is is Bible and everything else. Um, by the time an appeal goes in and back and forth, they 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 won't have a ban uh, next. Uh, uh, in the summer, they'll probably be able to do that deal and some other deals similar to what Man City did um, uh, before, where they push it back and forth. Scunny, Elephant Man, would you have him, Da Costa? No. I think that's all bullcrap anyway, if I'm being honest. I think there's nothing in that whatsoever. I think that's just media talk and media rumours more than anything else. Um, I think we're quite close from what I keep reading into Vlahovic, I think his name is. I think that's how you pronounce it. I think we're quite close into signing him as a striker. So I think just think it's just media talk more than anything else with Diego Costa. Um, when you were saying about Bissouma as well, there is a lot of problems around him at the minute, isn't there, with uh, him being arrested recently. Uh, recently, So I think that's probably why Arsenal probably haven't gone in for him more than, more than anything else is because they don't want to have that issue. You know, if you look at what happened with uh, Mendy at Man City, I think you just want to stay away from that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, the clear out, like Novice is there, nice clear out coming about. You know, these are the, the you know the players that we've been aching to get rid of for such a long time. Um, you know, I think the last couple are on the way out now, so it's it's good to see and it's nice to see that. And I think uh, you know we're going the right way about things with the transfer market at the minute. You know, we're being linked with a, a really good striker at the moment. And uh, and we're also being quite heavily linked with a uh, is it Arthur Mello from Juventus uh, as a mm. loanee, you know, as a loanee to come in in midfield to show up midfield a bit, and I think that's you know that makes sense. And this is what I said uh, before the January transfer window: we should be looking at signing is is an extra midfielder and a striker because these are the two places where we need to shore up more than anywhere else, uh, and it's it seems to be coming that way. Scunny, do you mean, if, and, if you're asking a question, so I was speaking to somebody on um, the, the, the Arsenal Fans Forum uh, Facebook page the other day, and to me, this is very, very similar to the whole Benzema. Benzema was signing for us for about nine consecutive seasons, and every year he'd had his medical, and every year with agreed terms, every year his agent had a problem, and it just seems like the same thing over and over again. But I'm seeing several reports saying we've signed the guy, or We've agreed terms, but then next thing you know, the president of Fiorentina comes out and says, we've had no concrete offers. So I, I know it's obviously right. transfer. Yeah. Um, a very similar from, to me. from what I've understood today, apparently the president has came out today and said he's free to go. Uh, you know, he, I think, I think there's been talk about him staying until the end of the end of the season. He wants to, but the president, the president of Fiorentina said he's free to go whenever, you know, he's free to go. You know, I'm not going to hold contract him his contract situation is he's got 18 months left. So yeah. if he waits till the end of the year, then he can uh, probably do a deal with somewhere else, uh, probably with a, an English side and, and sign for nothing like what Ramsey did uh, with Juventus. Uh, Trev, what's your thoughts on the Abamyang situation? Abamyang seems to be um, having a heart problem, not having a heart problem. Do you think he's just a problem for the Gabon dressing room? <laughs> It follows him, doesn't it, Fergus? We're not in a position to to make judgment on why he's coming back, mate, and I'm not going to. But it does follow him, doesn't it? The, the, you know, wherever he goes, wherever he's been, there's always there's always something going on, and it's always focusing around Alabama Yang. I, I personally, I'd like to see him move on and enjoy the rest of his career somewhere else away from our football club. I don't think he fits our model at the moment. I don't think he fits what Arteta's trying to do. My opinion. Interesting talking about you know the 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 way the squad's developing, Fergus. If I, if you'd have asked me four years ago, from one to eleven, how many Arsenal players were playing? For, how many players were playing for Arsenal in our team at the time four years ago that I rated as good enough to play for the Arsenal? I'd have probably said two. 
Now, if you ask me how many players we've got playing for the Arsenal that are good enough to play for us, I'd probably say eight or nine. You know, mm. this is progression, and you don't do that overnight. And this is why we have to. Uh, this is why I will will never talk bad about Arteta. That doesn't happen overnight in our great game. Don't forget, if you buy a player for sixty million, you've probably got to pay another ten million to an agent. How they get away with that, I don't know. But some, you know, it's not. It's a massive picture now, and you know, I can't pick fault in what what what's going on at the moment. Everybody wanted at the start of this season to see progression. And that's what we're seeing. Not consistently. I mean, if anyone can explain to me what happened at Everton and Man United, and I was at both of them games, then please tell me, because I can't work it out. What on earth makes quality players play that badly for them two games? Really? I do not know. You know? But um, the, 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 overall, the progression is brilliant, and we need to enjoy it. We need to enjoy I think it. It's I think you're, you're right with progression. There is progression happening that, that, and the squad is evolving and changing. The issue is that we don't have um, we don't have more than a, a, a starting 11. It's the backup players. It's the ones that Scunny and, and, and Dell and yourself have said that we need a backup in midfield. We need a backup uh, right back. We need there, there are areas that we need a backup and we'll, we'll need a decent backup keeper because I'm sure Leno will be off. Uh, if if not in this window, he'll be off in, um, in, in the summer because he's... <sighs> I personally, as you know, I don't rate him hugely, but he's too good to be a number two. He's too good to be a number two keeper. He, he's definitely a number one keeper for a club somewhere. Um, Burnley on Sunday, uh, that's been moved. Why we couldn't have uh, the Liverpool game on a Wednesday and leave the Burnley as a three o'clock on a Saturday? God only knows, you know. It's because uh, our Tottenham, our Tottenham playing tomorrow. They've got to re re. Uh, yeah, but they're away to Leicester, so we could easily have played the game on the Wednesday night anyway. So, I can only I can only think it's Sky Television, uh, maybe just saying, "Oh, we want Leicester game on one night, and then we can have football on every night." Who would have thought that, Trev? That that Sky, the television companies, running our great game that is football. You know, not running or ruining. Son, I'll be away. <laughs> Did you say running or ruining? The same thing, isn't it? No comment. I'm not going to Burn. I'm not going to the Burnley game on Sunday. By the way, I'm missing it. I'm not going. So um, okay, that's if it even gets played. The way Burnley are going at the minute. Yeah. Well, this is this. This was a question I was going to say. What are the chances of it not getting played? And what happens if we play on Thursday because there's slightly different rules for the cup games? Like if, if you look at the FA Cup, not one game got cancelled because of COVID or injuries or Afcon. Um, and uh, Thursday, hopefully, go ahead. What happens if then, you know, how much is going to hit the fan if another game's called off in the league for Arsenal? Um, and it's Burnley. Can um, I just make a quick comment about the AFCON as yeah. well? That was meant to be played in the summer last year. You know, it got it moved was. to the winter of this year because of COVID, you know. So the, moving things like that is going to obviously disrupt teams as well. And it has disrupted, uh, disrupted a lot of teams. So when they turn around and say, just because you've got a few players out at the African Cup of Nations, you know, that it shouldn't be cancelled. But it's like, well, there wasn't meant to be, you know, there was meant to be with their club at, during this time. So it, it is an excuse. Yeah, because uh, they moved it a few, because it used to always be in January and um, for the the cooler weather and stuff, but they moved it into the summer uh, because of that reason of it affecting, affecting the league and because of the early World Cup uh, or corrupt cup in Qatar, um, then, you know, they couldn't do it, they couldn't push it on to this summer. Uh, are you attending the game, Burnley game, Dale? I won't be, unfortunately, no. Um, we, well, as I mentioned previously, we've had a bit of a COVID outbreak here as well. Um, but no, I won't be there this week, unfortunately. But um, I'm hoping to uh, be at Liverpool on Thursday. Okay, no worries. Well, we might meet up block five, have a beer. Well, not drinking that stuff. It's horrible. Absolute filth. So, yeah. Um so, uh, finally, anybody, any other business, Trevor? You normally have a tangent or two yeah. you want to chuck in. For, uh, get get that off. Get it off before <laughs> I take you out. Right. Oh. <laughs> Do it. Right. Joe has absolutely nailed it there. Uh, Joe, that comment from Joe is the best comment of the night. Because we have had so many apparent disruptive personalities in our club over the last few years. And it just part of the improvement is that we've got these lads playing as a team. And it is really, really important. What a great comment that is. Yeah. 
All, all, the only thing that's still on my mind, Fergus, is that just remember, people, right? The, the Tottenham fans have been getting into us this week, right? Getting into us this week. But you've got to make allowances, right? You've got to make allowances because they can't they, they can't argue about history because they can't match our history. They can't they can't argue about class because we're miles above them in any class stakes, right? Tradition. They've got no tradition. Our tradition is all about the Arsenal Football Club, you know. Trophies. They can't they can't give a side time about trophies because they ain't won the leagues in my lifetime, and I'm an old fella, you know. Legends. They, they, can't, they haven't got hardly any legends. If they put a legend side out, you think, oh, I don't know most of them players. If we put a legend side out, it's like a world 11 from anywhere you like, you know? You know, so what you've got to remember is that they've got nothing to have a pop at us about of Tottenham. So something like this, us calling the game off, they clutch at the straw and they start trying to get stuck into us. And all you've got to do is laugh about it because it is hilarious because they've got absolutely nothing. Well, they're celebrating Eric Lamella at the moment, winning the Puskas, and he doesn't even play for him at the moment. <laughs> there you go. But, MTS but tastes so off. sweet. Yeah, he got sent and off and lost that game, though. You know, exactly. unbelievable. And, re- and remember... It's a fact, isn't it? <laughs> I, I kept that in the bank on here. It's just like, it's brilliant. <laughs> And, and even look, it's not only... great. Yeah, I know, I saw that. It's not even <laughs> inside the stadium we sing it. <laughs> even outside the stadium. Uh, they sing it everywhere. I tell you, I was in I was in my local pub watching the West Ham game on Sunday, and it was full of Tottenham, West Ham, and a few Arsenal and stuff. And every time Leeds scored a goal. Everyone was shouting out, massive, massive, because <laughs> West Ham think they're massive. <laughs> massive bellends. The more thing like. that makes me laugh about that Tottenham get battered song, it's not just Arsenal fans singing it, it's every club fan yes, singing everybody. it. So everybody. Everybody knows who they are. They're just a bunch of wannabes. That's all it is. And when I agree with Trev, when they say they've got legends and stuff, they haven't got any legends, let's face it. What legends have they got? No. Yeah. yeah. I don't I think, think the golden boot counts for a legend, to be honest. I think, I think something what made me laugh, actually, to when Jack, we'll t- quickly touch on uh, uh, Mr. O'Hara, just to give him his uh, last moment in the limelight. He said, oh, why didn't they play their under-23s? I think he's forgetting our under-23s are currently fifth in the league. Yeah, exactly. This is true. This is yeah. very true. This is very true. <laughs> good point, yeah. Yeah, good point, Dale. But Guys, this... Um, all them players that have moved on, Fergus, including Mr. Kalazinac, right? We've got to wish them all the best, right? Indeed, they played for the football club. I'd, I'd, be, I'd give my right arm to be in any of their boots for five minutes on that football field at Ivory, mate, as we all would. So, good luck to all of them. All the best to them all and wish them every success. And remember, they're playing for... <laughs> You know what? It's so disappointing seeing me, someone on the phone. If there's one thing that annoys me about football fans at football matches these days, it's them twats that film themselves when they should be. <laughs> hey, all them people on the phones, Trev, that's all it is, isn't it? It winds me up as well, mate. Get off your phone. You see, I don't need a phone, Mike, because Sky take me on. <laughs> yeah, there you go, you see. Yeah. But you didn't know no, that, did you, apparently? Yeah. No, he didn't know. He didn't know at all. <laughs> he knew. He <laughs> Um, guys, thanks very much, Dale. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I know it was a tight call with the trains and everything else, but I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll have you back on again if if you're if you're up for it. Can I just say one last thing, Fergus? I got moaned at last yep. time by a lot of the Peterborough Gooners because I didn't give them a shout out. So uh, for all 446 members of the Peterborough Gooners, uh, this one's for you guys. Well, I've tried you know to join. Seeing... I've not been accepted yet, Dale. I'll accept you now, then. Don't worry about that. Top man, you know what? You know what I was going to do. I was going to mute you just when you said for all the Peterborough Gooners, just just for just for kicks and giggles. <laughs> but hopefully we've got a few of them who have watched today, and they will carry on watching. If you like what we do, guys, uh, on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, and everything else, uh, you can follow us. We're on Guns and Yellow Ribbons as our website, and there's links to all the back catalogue of uh, episodes. This is episode 206, and we've got uh, Gooner to Gooners with Trevor and with Scunny, uh, with loads Jeez. of uh, various. Yeah, do you remember that? <laughs> it's a long I, time I remember, ago. That. 
I remember when we was in the bottom 20s. <laughs> Price, 200. Yeah. 206 mate and uh yeah so if you like what we do click subscribe guys uh we do this purely for fun it is uh our hobby and uh you know we we enjoy doing it we enjoy doing it for you and enjoy chatting to, uh to each other uh thanks very much everybody out the arsenal you've been listening to guns and yellow ribbons an arsenal podcast by arsenal fans for arsenal fans Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.